Hey, have you ever, uh, have you ever gotten in trouble for something like over and over again, like the same thing? Like as in, yes, you're like, yeah, I have. Um, there, I, I thought about this uh, in my own life. Like I was like, did I, you know, as a kid, did I get in trouble? Is there something that I constantly did? And like the golden boy in me, like, you know, like the perfect child in me was like, no, no, I was like an angel. It was like I was the perfect kid growing up, right? My parents never had to discipline me whatsoever. Well, when I called my mom and I uh, asked her the same topic, she quickly like, like shattered that dream. She's like, oh no, let me tell you. Let me tell you what you did. And, and it all weirdly had to do with, uh, with my mouth. As in uh, whether I was teaching or talking over a teacher, not teaching over a teacher, it wasn't that smart. Uh, whether I was talking over a teacher or, you know, talking back to, our, to a coach or whatever it is, I just couldn't uh, keep my mouth shut. Couldn't keep my mouth shut. And the biggest thing was that uh, with my parents, I always had to get the last word in. And you all like that? You can raise your hand. You're like, yep. Always have to get the last word in, right? Whether what you just had to tag it. You just had to be like, yeah, right, whatever. Like you had to do something. And I remember, uh, I remember one time, as I thought more about this, like, like I said, my dreams of being a golden child are slowly shattering. Because I remember a story uh, when I was like in fourth or fifth grade, I don't know, and I think I was coming back from either, it was, a, it was some sort of competition, whether it was basketball season or baseball or whatever it was. Uh, we were coming back from a game and me and my dad got into it. Me and my dad got into it and I was probably blowing it up way more than it needed to be. Like dad was probably just trying to tell me something and I was like, no, you don't know what you're talking, da, da, da. Uh, and whatever I said, I uh, found myself going straight to my room when I got done and my dad was like closely behind with like the belt already like halfway off like he's like oh yeah okay I'm like oh like and I hated whoopings guys hated them like I do not like pain I was not that kid that was like uh, like you spank him I'm like yeah I'm done no I was the ugly crier like you spank me, and I'm like, I can't do, okay, I won't do it anymore. Like that's how bad it was. So I hate it. So we're going to my room. I'm about to get, I know I'm about to get my backside painted red. And uh, I, what, for whatever reason, he, however many I was supposed to get, I was a negotiator, by the way. I was like, listen, dad, let's talk about this. Let's like, this time, let me get one. And the next time I get in trouble, you give me two and so on and so on. That, that was like my pitch every time though. Like I was like, wait, dad, hold on. Um, uh, but anyway, so I got my, I remember getting my whoopings uh, and dad went into like the whole like, well, did you learn your lesson? Da, 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 da. And you know, as kids, we're like, we nodding around. For me, I was like, yes, sir. I'm so sorry, like snot and everything, you know. But as I, I would hyperventilate myself every time. But as I got, uh, as I got like, as the tears stopped and my butt started, stopped to sting, you know, I, I, I got up and my dad was dismissing me from my own room. How about it? He was dismissing me, but he was still kind of talking about something else. Like he might have gone back into the conversation that we got into an argument in the first place. And as I walked, you know, I got to the point where I had to have the last word. I had to show, I was a man, right? I was a 12-year-old man. And I had, couldn't let my dad push me around like that. And so under my breath, just... Yeah, I had to do it. I don't know why. But I muttered these words as I'm walking out the door. He's still talking. All right, shut up already. And if there are, if there are two words my dad hates, 
To this day, if I told my dad to shut up, I'm 26 years old, live on my own, pay my own bills, but if I were to tell my dad to shut up, that belt would come off so dang quick. Like, uh, like Thanksgiving, he'd be like, nope, put your hands on the table. Drop that turkey. Like, if I told him to shut up, especially if I ever told, like, my mom to shut up, oh, that just doesn't happen in the Shadrach house. You do not tell my, da- my father's wife to shut up. But those are the words that he hated, and, and if you're thinking, oh, he didn't hear you, did he? No, he did and uh, I quickly found myself uh, going in for round two of the whoopings. And so for a good while, like, I couldn't sit. <laughs> I just had to stand in school. Daniel, my teacher's like, Daniel, you wanna sit down? No, I'm good, I'm okay. But I tell you that because talking back for me was, uh, as I got older and matured in sixth grade, I realized, no, I'm just kidding. As I got older and matured, I realized talking back for me back then was a, was a sin for me that I didn't see wrong necessarily, in a sense of I, would, I kept doing it. I, kept, uh, I, I, I would keep back-talking or tagging on to arguments and always having to get that last word in. And it's like I almost put this like, value on this sin of being lesser than anything else. I was like, no, that's talking back to my parents, just what I do, it's fine, it's whatever. And tonight I wanna talk to you about those sins, those specific, I can't say that word, guys, those specific sins. The Bible calls them habitual sins, and, and basically it is what you think it is. It's a sin that you find yourself in a habit of. You know, and I'm not talking about like sins that you may think are bigger and badder, like alcoholism or drug addiction or anything like that. No, uh, I'm talking about the sins that you find yourself in a habit and, and fighting on, on a daily scale. Sins like anger and pride, lust, Pornography, gossiping, lying, manipulating. You know, do you find yourself getting angry too fast? Are you the person spreading rumors at your school about that person or that person? Are you manipulating mom and dad to get what you want? And you know it. You walk away from it like, score, got it. Had to say what I needed to say. You know, like those sins that we, we, can, we can put that lesser value on them, but the reality is uh, a sin's a sin. You know, Adam didn't get kicked out of the garden in Genesis for, uh, for idolatry or building an altar or whatever, or building a, an idol or anything. He, he didn't get kicked out for that. He got kicked out for disobeying. He got kicked out for, uh, for breaking the rules. One of those lesser sins that you may think in your book. And this, this battle goes back, obviously, to that time when sin came into the world. When sin came into the world, when Adam disobeyed, Galatians 5.17 says this. It says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You see, we went, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, we went from this perfect, like, clear path, hand-in-hand uh, hand with God, like, nothing-in-our-way type uh, of a place, paradise, and when, when God, or when Adam sinned, when he brought sin into the world, all of a sudden that all changed because our, our flesh and the world got started to stand before us. We went from having a win-win situation to having an opponent stand in our way. Having an opponent always pushing us and dragging us down, pulling us down uh, in the way of the world and our flesh. So I want to ask you a question. I want to, and this isn't to answer out loud or anything like that. I want to ask you, how are you, 
How are you doing in your battle with habitual sin? How are you doing in your battle this week? Or better yet, how are you doing in that battle today? Because many of you have struggled today with that. Have you won some? Have you lost some? Do you find yourself, uh, you know, trying to justify or reasoning out of it? Because the truth is, you know, we, we go through these sins and we also, or we go through these sins and we know the things that we need to say to make us feel better about it, right? You know the things you need to say to yourself to not make it seem so bad. You know the friends you need to hang out with so that you don't feel guilty or ashamed. It doesn't make a difference of the sin itself, though. It's still a sin, and you're still going against God. And that's the danger of these, that's the danger of these habitual sins. They mask themselves. They, they, they entangle, and we'll talk about that in a minute, they entangle themselves in, uh, in our everyday life. Whether it's you, you've, uh, you've found yourself uh, going about something, maybe if, if I use the example of gossiping, you found yourself, you know, you, telling one little lie won't hurt someone. You know, uh, it's just one, it's one thing. I'm fine. Da, da, da. We're not, we're not going to, you know, it's just this one time. And then all of a sudden you realize you're doing it again. And you realize you're doing it again. And you realize you're doing it. And it eventually, uh, eventually it gets to a point where it's just part of your life. It's just second nature to you. Some of you, I can say how you're thinking of that sin right now, and some of you need to think a little harder because the sin that God wants to reveal to you, the sin that you're struggling with, the habitual sin that you're struggling with, has been so rooted in your life that you can't even recognize it. There's a saying that goes that uh, says that if you tell yourself a lie enough times, you'll believe it. You'll believe it. If I were to tell myself that this table, luckily we did get an all black one. There's some out there that have like silver and stuff. If I were to tell myself this table is bright red over a period of time, if I were to say that, like, yeah, this table's bright red. Yeah, totally bright red. This table right here, bright red. You're talking about this table? It's bright red. If I were to tell myself over and over that, eventually, yeah, at the start, I, I think I'm crazy. But eventually, I'm going to start questioning this table being black. I'm like, uh, I think it's black, but it might be actually bright red. Then I'm going to think that those curtains back there, or these pipe and drape things right here, are, are bright red. And eventually, it's just going to be a part of who I am. It's going to be a part of my talk. And maybe that's where you are today in your habitual sin. You've gotten to a point where it's just part of your talk. Or it's just part of your everyday routine so much so that you just can't see it. Or you, you, it's not part of your reasoning, or it's not part of your everyday routine to a degree that you still have to justify it, and you have to reason with it. You know, you, 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 you go through examples of, or you go through reasonings of, you know, every guy my age goes through this. It's fine. Oh, no, that's just part of, that's just part of high school. That's just part of middle school. And then my favorite is, oh, just this last time. One more time, last time. I'm not going to do it after this. I won't gossip after this. I'm not going to lie to my parents. This is the last time I get angry like that ever again. But we know the, the, those words fall short every time. 
They don't hold any weight every time, and you find yourself quickly, uh, you find yourself quickly uh, going back to it. Paul writes in Romans seven nineteen. He writes, "For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me." It's a real tongue twister. Real tongue twister. Paul's saying that he's not, that sin dwelling in him is pushing him to do the things that he does not want to do. And it's the case for all of us, you know. But Paul understood that it wasn't him or it wasn't himself that he was battling with. He knew he wasn't fighting himself. He was fighting something much greater than him. He was fighting that opponent that stood before him in that path, in that walkway of trying to pull him down, push him back. He was fighting that person. And we have to know who that person is. We have to know what that is. And it's sin and it's Satan and it's the evil in this world. And he knew that it wasn't something to joke about. He knew it wasn't something to just brush off. To battle sin, to battle that opponent that's in front of you, you have to respect that opponent and understand that opponent. You know, uh, and so there's, what I mean by that, there's three things I want you to write down about sin that we have to understand or grasp before we can go to battle with it. Three things. One is that sin is powerful. Sin is powerful. Satan is going to do whatever he can Put, the, put certain people in your life, take certain people away. Uh, or, he's going to do whatever he can to get to you. The next one is sin is our nature. Sin is our nature. What I mean by that is as soon as the doctor slapped you on the butt and you started to cry, the, the, you were born into a sinful world with a sinful nature. The best example I can tell you is a baby does not need to be told, a baby does not need to be told to slap the food out of her mom's hand or his mom's hand, whatever it is. A baby doesn't need to be told to throw that toy when dad said don't throw that toy, right? We're just, we, it's just in our nature. And because of that, it's something that we have to fight with every day. It's something that we have to push down every day every day. And the third one is this, sin has no borders. Sin is not just going to trip you up when you walk into these doors on a Wednesday or Sunday morning. It's not just going to try to make you stumble when you go out on a Friday night. No, it's going to be in every aspect of your life. Remember, Satan is going to use anything and everything he can to put a foothold uh, in your life. And if it's something that he thinks you're going to be weakened, he's going to attack it. So sin has no borders. Have you ever heard the saying, knowing your enemy is half the battle? You know, when NFL football teams, uh, when they get ready for the game uh, coming up, one of their scheduled regiments thing that they do isn't just go out and practice and do everything they can on that scale or go to the uh, the gym and work out or whatever it is. No, one of the things that is scheduled for them every day, and depending on what position you are, you, you're scheduled a lot more, is watch film. They watch film on the opponent that they're going to be going up against. They study them. They, they, they try to anticipate what their moves are going to be. What plays are they going to run on this down or that down? Uh, what does their two-minute drill look like? They, they go through all of these things so that they're ready in every way, shape, or form for this battle. 
And so we have to know the opponent we're facing. You have to know the sin that you're facing so that you can take it down. You have to know uh, your opponent. But, and maybe you're sitting there and you're going, Daniel, well, I, you know, I know sin's a big deal. I know that, uh, I know that, I, that it's going to be everywhere in my life. I know that it's powerful. And, and I know the sin that I'm struggling with. You know, I know the thing that I find myself in day in and day out. And you're saying, but I, but I still fail at it. I still fail at it. I want to give you two, uh, two, uh, two points, two action steps to go with. And, and one of them is this. The first one is this. We, you write this down. We must change our habits. We must change. If we are going to, if we're falling short in the area of habitual sin and you, keep, you constantly see yourself falling into it, then you need to change the habits that are leading you up to it. And maybe that's you need to, and on certain conversations, uh, you need to walk away from the table. Maybe you don't need to eat lunch with those, with those friends because you know the talk is going to turn into gossip and the gossip is going to turn into slandering someone's name and then eventually it's going to turn into rumors that are going to spread. And we know that those can only hurt. We have to change our habits and... Uh, Maybe it's that you don't need to do your homework anymore on your computer in your room with the door closed because you know by yourself things can tend to happen. Maybe you just need to do your homework out in the living room at the kitchen table. Maybe you need to take the door off your hinges if it needs to get that far. We have to change our habits. And a big one for this is uh, if you're going to step away from this group of friends, maybe you need to step in to a group of friends that's going to lift you up, that is going to push you, that is going to build you up and keep you accountable instead of bringing you down, instead of uh, making, thing, making things seem like they're okay. Maybe you need to get connected here or at another church or, or just in Bible study in general. You need to get connected to a life group. You need to get connected to friends who are going to build you up. We must change our habits. And the second one is this, and it's a big one, is that we cannot win the battle alone. The battle of habitual sin, you cannot win alone. And, and there's, two re- there's two keys to this. It's one, uh, to, win the, to win this battle, we have to tell someone. We have to tell someone. I heard, a saying, or I heard someone say that uh, you are not struggling with sin until you tell someone. Until you tell someone that sin that you're struggling, whether it's a life group leader or a pastor or a, a, a a tight friend or whatever it is, you're just giving into it. You're feeding it. You're, you're hiding it. Because we can't, if you try to do it on your own, you're going to fail every time. There's no ability in this body that can do this on my own, that can do it on your own. You have to tell someone. But more importantly than that, you need someone who has a game plan of beating sin. You need someone who has defeated already sin. You need Christ. Romans 6.11 says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in God, alive to God in, G- in Christ Jesus. You see, when he took the sins of the world on that cross, he said, No, I, I, the sins you've committed, the sins you will commit, I've taken care of. They're done. I've already paid for them. 
You don't have to worry about them. You just need to believe in me and I'll be right there with you and I will fight back this fight that we're going to fight against that opponent, that sin, that habitual sin that you find yourself in day in and day out. No, we're gonna beat this thing. And I'm gonna be right there with you because guess what? I've already done it. It's already taken care of. The game's already won. I asked you how you were doing with your sin. With this particular sin. And many of you, many of you, your mind went straight to it. You knew what, what sin it was. You knew what you battled with. And some of you, though, you've had to dig a little deeper. You've had to dig up some roots because it's become so much of you. It's become so much of your daily routine that, that you just can't see it. But whatever the case, here's what I want you to do. There's a, uh, there's a heart that looks like this under your chair. Go ahead and grab it. You should have a pin with you. In just a second, as, in a moment when we all pray, you can even start right now. I want you to, uh, I want you to think of that sin. Think of that, uh, of whatever it is that you, you are battling with and, and maybe even failing at at this moment. Whether it's anger or manipulating or lying or gossip. Whatever that sin is that you have put this lesser value on because, you know, it's not a big deal. I'm not doing anything bad. It's It's fine. I want you, in a moment, we're going we're gonna to write that on. We're going to write that on here. And, and I'm going to, I ask you to write it because I know that there are some sins in our life where we're scared to even say out loud. Like even in the quiet of our home, in the quiet of our room, whatever it is, you're, you're scared just to say it, much less write it in ink. And when you see it there, and when it, after we've done so, and you, you can actually read it, the weight of it gets a little heavy. It gets a little heavy and, 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 you know, because we're human, we don't like seeing it. We don't like to, to read it out. We don't like to hold it in our hands. We don't want anybody else to see it. We try to hide it or whatever it is, but I want you to write it out because in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance uh, to get rid of it. I'm going to give you a chance to throw it away Because God said we don't have to live with it anymore. He's already taken care of it. He said that you are no longer a slave to your sin. That the chains have been broken, that this has been paid for.